Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, we talk about the Julius jo- Julius Julio Jones trade, uh, Coach K retiring from Duke, uh, MLB Stick'em controversy, and we reset the NBA playoffs and as they are in progress. As always, you can email us at dsethepodcast at gmail.com, at dsepodcast on Twitter, dsethepodcast on Instagram. And as always, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. And as always, we will read your reviews if they are five stars. Um, okay, so welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jeff Roman, and alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who always hides his foreign substances where the umpire can't see them, Tim Reinhardt. Welcome, Tim. <laughs> yeah, um, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, it's, this is a wild, uh, a wild story. Did you see the Garrett Cole um, uh, press conference or hear about it? No, fill me in. So he was asked if he, um, I forget the name of the substance, um, but he was asked if he used a certain type of foreign substance ever um, when he was pitching. And it was a lot of uh, 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 um, <laughs> like dead air. And then like one of those minute and a half to two minute, no answer like responses that clearly suggests he did it they all were doing it or at least a large portion of of people were using this substance and um yeah i think that's where i think that's where we're at with it um and it's interesting that this is all you know coming to a boiling point now and i I wanted to get your take on like what do you think it like i mean i remember when i think it was michael pineda maybe was was using pine tar um and like had it on his neck or something when he was pitching right. for the yankees against the red sox i think that's who it was um and this didn't cause you know such a huge stir but now um now it is uh you get you darvish uh reaching into his glove um and boom we got a story yeah i mean i think you know I forget when it was, but it was several weeks ago. I was listening to ESPN Daily and they had Jeff Passan on. Um, it might have been the MLB preview where he was talking about how every pitcher does this. Every pitcher has a different uh, recipe of sunscreen and Diet yeah. Coke and rosin and all these different things to make you know their hands stickier. I mean, I think every, every pitcher is either using it or you know, probably should be using it because um, they're all getting away with it. And it kind of came to a boil a little bit, started boiling after we talked two weeks ago um, when the Cardinals pitcher had his hat uh, taken away by Joe West, who we were t- talking about right. actually on the last pod. Um, and, and that kind of began the rolling controversy, so to speak, where, um, you know, the Cardinals manager basically said, everybody's using it. So like, if you're going to throw our guy out, like you got to throw everybody out. And so basically MLB said, well, we're going to think about throwing everybody out. <laughs> so yeah. they're going to start checking things and, and um, eight to 10 times a game, the umpire is going to check the pitcher and stuff like that. So um, I, I think it's one of those things that's kind of like, they know that they it's against the rules, but everybody does it and everybody knows that everybody does it and nobody enforces it. And it seems like they're going to, 
start to enforce it. So yeah, so I guess it's it's interesting. So um, you know, Garrett Cole is one of them. Uh, Justin Verlander is another who essentially when they went to the Houston Astros, um, not to hate on, you know, the Houston Astros here, but for, for, for another cheating scandal. Um, but it seems like it's when they went to that team, when they both, and Garrett Cole was good with the pirates, but he wasn't like the stud that he became like, he's the best, you know, top five pitcher in baseball. I don't think he was really like that when he was with the pirates. Um, he goes to goes to Houston and they've got all these analytics guys about spin rate, how you can increase the spin rate um, and him and, you know, Verlander resurrects his career down there. Um, so it, it's almost as if they were doing something a bit different. And I wonder if, you know, um, whereas before you remember that like scene from major league where uh, the older pitcher is, is telling, um, uh, uh, why am I forgetting the guy, the pitcher's name in the movie? It's embarrassing. Um, uh, wild thing. Uh, Vaughn is his last name. Like telling all the different places where he hides the, you know, the different foreign substances. Sure. I, it, so yes, it's obviously it's obviously been in in the game as long as you know you can you can remember. It does. I guess I wonder if like there's a boiling point now because of all the analytics that are behind it and pitchers trying to elevate their spin rate and pitchers throwing harder than ever before. And we've had several incidents where guys have been, um, have been hit in dangerous places. Um, if that's, if that's playing a role in needing it to be policed. So I, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, I didn't really, I don't know. It kind of went all over with that comment there, but um, that's sort of my, my thought process on it. Yeah, and I think you made an interesting point there about guys getting hit. Obviously, Bryce Harper got hit in the face with a from Cardinals pitcher. Another guy got hit in the face on the Mets, I believe. Yeah. Um, and and that one was of, bad. Uh, Pilar, Kevin Pilar, I think. It yeah, was. yeah, that one was much worse, obviously, than Bryce Harper's. Um, and the my son was reading a history of baseball uh, book, and he they had a little quiz in there about what pitch was banned, and it was actually the spitball that the was spitball, banned. Yeah. Um, because somebody got hit in the head and they they died, um, yeah. and so they they banned the spitball because you're adding you know foreign substances to the ball and changing the way that it rotates and all that good stuff, which is absolutely what they're doing here. So I mean, I think the other thing that you mentioned is that uh, having a tacky substance. I believe that a lot of them are using this this crazy stuff called like tackum. Or something that that literally is going to turn you into um, Clark Griswold when he accidentally uh, ex- explodes the pine tree in his living room. And he, I don't know if you remember this from uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, but yeah. he, he he's reading the, the magazine and his, his fingers are sticking to the pages like this is what the pitchers are using to to get a better grip on it. Yeah. Um, and as you said, with the analytics, it's that you know, creating that stickiness is increasing the spin rate and spin rate is so huge that you talked about in Houston. Um, somehow Jared, Garrett Cole goes to Houston and finds like a thousand, you know, RPM on, right. on his, uh, on his curveball. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, higher spin rate means more swings and misses. And that combined with the fact that, uh, 
hitters are just not hitting the ball this year <laughs> really at all. Um, yeah, MLB, said, right? yeah, kind of, uh, decided, Hey, you know what? Maybe we should, maybe we should take a look at this, you know? Uh, and it's funny cause at, we talked about it earlier this year, they dead in the ball. Um, so they dead in the ball and then pitchers are already have an advantage. Then they're, they're using the stick them. They, they have a huge advantage. And so they're yeah. like, well, wait a second. Let's, <laughs> we've gone a little too far towards the pitcher. So we got to you know, tip the skills back. So they can't change the ball. Um, so they're going to enforce the stick them a little bit more. I, I think it will be interesting. And there's a lot of people paying attention to this already, which is which guys RPM is going to drop. And I know we, I think Garrett Cole um, actually saw his RPM drop quite a bit. Um, in the last start or two. So yeah. um, definitely keep an eye on the, the guys that uh, were using it to great effect. You know, um, I think certainly a lot of guys will, will drop their RPM, but um, you know, some guys will turn back into more, more pumpkins than uh, jack-o'-lanterns there for the pitchers. So there's a couple, couple interesting things to say. First up, the um, the foreign substance that Garrett Car- uh, Garrett Cole was asked about is called spider tack, which, in my like travels through baseball, I've heard about uh, in the last few years. Um, and by the way, I just pulled it up on Amazon. There's only 15 left uh, in stock. So <laughs> get it now. Get it now. Yeah. Uh, for 35.99. Um, but it's interesting. I thought that. Um, Trevor Bauer had an interesting response to it, which is, you know, I'm gonna get a foreign substance on the ball, no matter what, like I am like, I'm going to put sunscreen on because I need to be able to protect myself from UV rays. And then there's a rosin bag out there. Um, you know, and it, it does bring up like, why is, I mean, I, I actually don't even know like the history of the rosin bag, like when it, when it got out there, um, but yeah, it seems like if you were to, you know, mix up, uh, it, it, it's, it's going to be, I, I, or like, I remember, uh, do you remember Bronson Arroyo? Yep. Uh, pitch for the Red Sox had really long hair and every inning he would come out, his hair would look like it was sopping wet. And right. it was probably because he doused it with some kind of foreign substance so he could take his hat, run his fingers through his hair and uh and there you go i mean it looked like he it always looked like he just came out of the shower right (laughs) yeah Um, yeah i mean yeah so i I guess like you know there there is i I don't know i i guess i I think of a few things like why does the pitcher have the rosin why like that is a foreign substance right then and there i think it is actually in the rule book that the pitcher does get the rot like have the ability to use a rosin bag um a, ha- a hitter gets to use a foreign substance in pine tar to hold on to the bat. Uh, you know, that's, is that some kind of a competitive advantage that, you know, obviously there are rules about how high as we know from the George Brett incident, like a, a pine, right. tar, pine tar can be. Um, but really there's like, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of inconsistencies uh, as, as we've kind of noted with baseball, plus like a bunch of unwritten rules and all that other garbage and nonsense, like, you know, well, everyone's doing it and it's, you know, one of these unwritten rules that you can do it. So like the bot, I think the bottom line though, is like baseball's behind on this. Like, again, it's something that like they waited to a boiling point to deal with it. And now, um, right now they, now they have a, an issue on their hands. Right. They didn't, they definitely didn't get ahead of it. 
and and make a make a declaration before the year or during you know right. the, the off season or something like that. Um, and this um, you know has gotten pretty much past them because every pitcher is being asked about it. They're extreme zooming in on every pitcher's glove, um, so the opposing right. uh, announcers can examine what they're doing between pitches and stuff like that. Well, so, and you've got like uh, guys like John Boy that are, you know, doing the breakdown yep. videos and showing you exactly like zooming in even more on the zoom ins and showing right. you exactly what's what's on it. So that's probably a part of it, too, is that it's never been more in your face. Yep. So, yeah. The, so the spider tack that you mentioned is actually um, was used originally for um, strongmen lifting atlas stones. So those giant round stones. So they would have be able to grip them and not drop them. Um, yeah. So it. Uh, you know, started started there and now has expanded over to the pitching. Um, you know, I, I think they're definitely going to get to a point where they're like, okay, like we, we were looking the other way while you were kind of like putting together some, you know, thing in a in a lab and it was kind of sunscreen and, and stuff that you could find around. Like, oh, I had a Gatorade or whatever and I it accidentally fell on my fingers, right? Or Bronson Arroyo took a shower or whatever. Yeah. Um, but now when it's like, you know, brand name something or other that makes your hand so sticky that you can pick up a giant stone, um, <laughs> then it gets absurd. And so, yeah, um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll definitely talk about it uh, in the future because there will be some fallout. Somebody, somebody will take the, somebody will take the hit for it and it's not gonna, it's not gonna be evenly applied, uh, as usual for, for baseball. So moving on to our contract obligated uh nfl segment there's actually yeah. nfl news that we can talk about so that's great um julio jones this week uh the star wide receiver for the atlanta falcons got traded to the tennessee titans uh for a second round pick and a couple of smaller pick swaps but uh the top line is that atlanta gets the ability to sign their rookies which is uh kind of a big deal and uh tennessee gets another threat next to aj brown to kind of supercharge their offense that was, uh, you know, hit or miss in the last couple of years, especially in the playoffs. So what yeah. is your, what's, what's your first thought on this one? Yeah. Why not? I mean, it's, uh, it, it, um, I, I see no downside, uh, to them to making to the Titans making this addition. Like why, why not? Yeah, exactly. Second round pick. What is it? I mean, it's, it's for them. It's, it's nothing. So, um, to get a wide receiver that, of Julio Jones's caliber, even if he's, he's down a little bit from his peak, um, he still commands respect and will make things a little bit easier for, uh, AJ Brown. Um, I don't think there's necessarily any, uh, losers in this, um, from a fantasy football perspective, maybe AJ Brown is a slight loser, but, um, everybody on the Falcons is up, especially my, my guy, Kyle Pitts will get you know, a bulk of those yards mm -hmm. that Julio Jones left behind. Um, and, and the Titans lost Corey Davis in free agency to the Jets. So right. this is, you know, a nice, a nice little move to try to see if there's a little lightning left in the, in the bottle and, or catch lightning in a bottle or whatever that expression is uh, to, to replace the near thousand yards that Corey Davis uh, put up last year. Right. Yeah. And I, I actually find this, uh, trade not that interesting because it just makes sense, right? It's just like, okay, like the Falcons needed to get off this guy to sign their rookies. This makes complete sense in Tennessee. Okay, everyone, <laughs> great, you know? Wins. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't. And I, I, so. And he didn't want to be there anymore. So it, exactly. Yeah, good all around. Yeah. So everybody wins here. Not a lot of controversy, not a lot of scandal, not a lot of anything here. Just, just a nice, simple trade uh, that works for everyone. Um, so any, did you have anything else on that? No, I, just, I, I agree with yeah. you a hundred percent. It just is a, it's a move that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of a move that also makes sense, um, Coach K, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Krzyzewski. Uh, Krzyzewski. Krzyzewski. Uh, K-S-K-R. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't I even know. get this. Well, this, is, I, this is a good... Yeah. This is a good... Uh, I mean, who... All right, so you think it's K-S? Yes. All right, let's find out. Because it's not Krzyzewski. Is it Krzyzewski? I, you're right. It's KR. Oh no! Wait, you said KS. KS. Yeah. I, all right. Am I wrong? KR. Okay. KRZ. Okay. YZ. EWSKI. That's actually yeah. not as hard as I thought it would be. But I, that oh, other that uh, <laughs> that middle YZ is the one yeah, that the, gets you there. The, the Y then that second Z. Yeah. I don't know how we get Shashevsky from that, but we do. Um. Yeah. All right, sorry, I I we I cut off with a nerdy spelling segment. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Right. I, yeah, that was like the Garrett Cole silence. Yeah. <laughs> responding to the spider. well, and, and I and I mentioned to this, I mentioned this to you before we got on air, but I, I'm watching the uh, the currently watching the Sixers Hawks game while I'm recording this, which is a terrible idea. And something happened and somebody was mad at somebody else and got a technical. And oh. I was trying to figure out what happened with the thing on mute. And uh, so uh, that's why my pause was trying to figure out if uh, Joel Embiid, the Sixers best player, was heading, walking towards the locker room that he was kicked out or he was just walking towards the bench and he's sitting on the bench. Okay. Um, okay. And they're going under the replay, which takes forever. So I, I don't even need to watch that. Okay. So... Um, Mike Krzyzewski retiring uh, from Duke after... Uh, God knows how many years he's been there. Probably uh, almost as long as we've been alive. Uh, 1980 um, to the present. Yeah. So long. Oh, wow. So alive. longer than being alive. Longer than, so that is remarkable. Um, a remarkable career made Duke into one of the, uh, I don't even know in 1980 if they were a, a power, but he made them into an absolute giant of the uh, sport in NCAA basketball, a recruiting powerhouse for players that, um, you know, for a while he was recruiting four-year players uh, and then it kind of shifted to uh, accepting guys that wanted to do, be one and done and go to the NBA. And so he kind of shifted with the landscape. Um, Duke yeah. was always around. I found them for many years uh, easily hateable, less so in, in you know current years, um, but always a team I love to root against. But again, a, a titan uh, of the game uh, retiring. There. Yeah, so I I always like I thought those Duke teams when we were growing up um were like when we were younger. I thought those Duke teams were fun like the uh the Grant Hill team, um the Elton Brand team. I want to say it was like 1998 or 1999. Um I I remember thinking those were fun or uh what was the the other guy that um that was the point guard there that also had an equally difficult name to spell and say. Um, I don't know. I'm blanking. I don't know. Oh, man. Um, 
shoot. All right, well, we'll figure this out. Um, yeah, so I, I found those teams, those teams a bit likable. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think once, once they became that powerhouse that you talked about, they, um, they seemed like they were always there. They were always, you know, expected to win. They were the, you know, they were the New York Yankees or, or, you know, whatever, um, whatever the team is that you want to say is that like is always favored. And, and it did feel fun at that point to kind of root against them. But for a little while in there at the beginning, I thought they were kind of fun to fun to track. Yeah. I mean, they had Bobby Hurley there um, and they had Quinn Snyder there, who is actually the, now the uh, coach of the Utah jazz um, in the NBA and has been for quite a long time. So that's how long he has been there. Kyrie Irving was on Duke, which I totally forgot about. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of those guys have come through there that were a little bit one and done. Um, but you know, uh, I, again, another, another thing that just like makes sense to me, like it's, it's probably been a long couple of years for, uh, basketball coaches, college basketball coaches, especially with all of the, uh, pandemic games and restrictions and, and all sorts of stuff like that. So it, it definitely makes sense, um, for him to, to retire at this point. Um, 74 years old, um, over a thousand wins or over an 1100 wins, five, um, five NCAA championships, you know, what yep. more is there to do? Yeah, exactly. So, um, a do, what do they, what do they used to say on PTI? Bid adieu to coach K. Um, Bid adieu, yeah. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see who goes there next. Cause that's a lot, a pretty, uh, big shoes to fill. So they'll have a lot of, of, uh, something, uh, to, to live up to there for sure. So I heard on the radio that there's an assistant coach, I guess that he's been grooming there for a little while, um, kind of anticipating this. Um, but I'm not, I, I didn't recognize the name, um, at all. Uh, so, um, yeah. Oh, and that, I, that point guard was Steve Wojciechowski. Oh, Steve Wojciechowski. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So as it is gone halftime in the Sixers game, we can now talk about the NBA. Okay. Um, NBA. so the, the top line, big, big story, I think from the first round, um, when we were talking about it, uh, when we last talked is that the, the LA Lakers got beaten by the, uh, Phoenix Suns. Uh, actually the, it was an interesting series a little bit because the Lakers were up two to one. Um, the, the odds were extremely against Phoenix. They were like plus 600 to win the series. Yeah. Um, and, and they came back and won. Uh, let's see, three out of the next four uh, to to win that one. Four two actually didn't even go to the uh, seventh game. Anthony Davis was hurt for one or two and a half of those games, um, so that made a difference. But even with him, uh, Phoenix pretty much pretty much ran up the uh, ran up the score on them. Uh, yeah, you, they rolled. You, yeah, they rolled. I, I wasn't able to watch a lot of those. Those are the the late night games that started at like ten thirty. Um, so uh, pretty much found out at like one a.m. when I woke up. Or, well, when I woke up in the morning, I had the alert at like 1 a.m. Uh, about what happened in each of those games. Right. But um, Phoenix is a good team. Um, they are, you know, what we talked about last week is that the model of Brooklyn and LA Clippers is like, we're a destination. So we, uh, players will want to come join up and play here. Um, but Phoenix is is a little bit more of an exciting model for me in that they had a good young team last year. They had a really great bubble with a good, fun, young team. And then one star and Chris Paul wanted to come play there, right? They had yep. the whole team and they just added one star who wanted to come there, right? It wasn't that they had to join up a, uh, 
because they are Miami or New York or or, or Los Angeles. They are uh, were a good fun team built through the draft, and then one player wanted to come join them. And look, they are um, in a wide open Western Conference playoffs. So that uh, I'm definitely rooting for them because that that model is is much more interesting to me than than the the stars join up in your place because they want to be there in that city. Model. Right. Yeah, that, I, I think there's something to be said for that, and it'd be cool if that was a, a story that the NBA had to had to work with. Um, it, you know, imagine it being Phoenix, Brooklyn in the finals, you know, something like that. Right. Um, Very easy rooting interest there, Phoenix, Brooklyn, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Phoenix is playing right now. They are up one nothing against Denver, who beat yep. Portland. Um, Portland, a team that I thought was going to be able to... Uh, triumph over Denver in that one, but Denver is just too good with the MVP, Nikola Jokic. Uh, they they pretty much dispatched Portland. Um, it, it, another six-game series, just a 4-2. Um, the only game in, actually, all of the first round, the only series that went to seven games yeah, was the Clippers and Dallas. Uh, where I had Dallas, I talked about it on the last pod that I had Dallas. I thought yeah, they, they were win. Up, right? They were they up. Were they were, yeah. they were, they were up three, two. Um, and so the Clippers won the last two to take that one. Um, I underestimated for not the first time and not the last time that I underestimated Kawhi Leonard. He is quite good. Um, he's good enough on the offensive and defensive end really to, uh, will a team to win, which I've seen firsthand as they beat my Sixers when they went to the finals. Um, so he, willed them through and they got through to face Utah who easily handled Memphis. Um, even though Memphis took that first game. So that leaves us with the conference semifinals in the Western conference, Utah against the Clippers, Denver against Phoenix. What any, any thoughts on those, those two matchups? Um, not in my, in my typical, um, NBA, um, naivete, um, I'm going to go chalk on this one and and have uh Utah and Phoenix um move on to uh move on to the conference finals. Um I think I'm I am drawn to the to the Phoenix story like as as you said it there. Um just just because they they aren't the super or well, they're not the tr- the classical like hey, let's all meet in this one location like you said super team. Right. So um, I do like that story. I do think that's good for the NBA. It, 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 there's something to be said about building a team that way and not having it be like built because some guy got, uh, you know, forced his way out of out of town and and joined up with two other stars, you know, to form a big three. So, um, I like I like the storyline of sort of the um, sort of Phoenix there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be pulling for them for sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, looking at both sides, um, it's the Clippers and it's Brooklyn who are the kind of super teams built yeah. in a in a way that uh, is like, hey, let's just all join up in Brooklyn. Hey, let's just, let's all go to the Clippers, right? Right. Um, and the other teams uh, are more homegrown. Um, obviously, uh, Phoenix, what we talked about. Denver, obviously, uh, a lot of drafted and traded for um, players that turned into stars. And Utah has drafted and developed a lot of their players as well. So um, let's transfer over to the, to the Eastern conference. We can talk a little bit about that. Um, How, how, how are the Sixers doing? So the Sixers played 
incredibly terrible for at least two quarters of their first game and got beat by Atlanta. So they are currently down one to nothing and it's halftime and the game is still pretty close. So, um, you know, I'm hoping for a response here from uh, Philly and they're not quite blowing them out like I hoped, but um, I think Atlanta is a a slightly better team uh, or or at least playing uh, better than they did uh, during the year. So they've they've peaked at the right time. Yeah, they they certainly took care of the the Knicks pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta is a very good team to root against. They have Trey Young, who's an ultimate heel. Um, who can just score from anywhere and it's infuriating. Um, and they have a bunch of players who are like, you know, just out of central casting for like a bad guy. Um, they have a uh, European guy, uh, Gallinari, who has like the extra wide mohawk. He looks just like he could be like the the big guy that stands next to the boss in a Bond, Bond film. Um, so yeah. uh, I think they're easy to root against. I'm obviously rooting against them as a fan of the seven sixers. Um, but the Sixers are um, have their own flaws. They're not a perfect team, so I I just don't know if it's their year because also their their star player Embiid has a partially torn meniscus that he's playing on, which uh, I'm not really sure how that works. Well, um, those those can be as as someone who has had a I mean, listen, I'm I was never a seven foot uh, professional basketball player, but I did play. <laughs> yes. They play several years on a torn meniscus, uh, which like as long as it's not causing you um, super immediate pain is not necessarily something that you have to have taken care of right away. So, right. So something um, that could be could be managed and guys get those things, you know, not that he's going to do this, but guys get those things fixed and they're back in, um, you know, in in two weeks. So. Right. Um, I mean, if it was during the season, he definitely would have just yeah, he probably would have had it snipped and, and yeah, you know, snipped out and yeah, all that. But yeah, so I, I, that it it might be uncomfortable, um, but it is I understand from my own meniscus experience, right. um, that's a pain management situation. As long as it's not painful, he's not. Or if it was like super torn, it would be a problem. But that it would it would cause pain. So. Um, as right. long as it's not causing him pain, he should be, he should be all right. Yeah. And I think the, the risk there is, is flying into, you know, jumping high as a seven two, 300 and something pound person and landing on somebody's foot or, you know, yeah, just right. causing yep. a worse thing. And I don't Making know if that worse. necessarily, and I don't know if that necessarily, um, and I'm not a doctor, but I'll say that up front. I don't know if that necessarily means that it's more likely that he gets hurt further by having a yeah well put it this way the you know to borrow uh i don't know if anyone's really ever used this term with with knee joints but the structural integrity of the the knee is not the same when you have a like your balance can be thrown off a little bit i get like so there's there is the possibility that if if he has a torn meniscus that there is you know larger injury on the horizon i i it's not like you know i just said like it's all mainly about pain management but it's certainly possible that that could happen hopefully not um uh hopefully he's able to play a-okay and finish out the season and you know for for your sake because you rooted for ohio state for me for all those years um, (laughs) that the 76ers make a nice little run here 
Yeah, I mean, it would definitely. I, I think. I think it would be a disappointment to not see um, the Sixers face off against Brooklyn in yeah. the in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think anything less than that would be disappointing. Um, and so, to talk about that other series, Brooklyn uh, is already leading two to two to nothing against Milwaukee. Um, they yep. basically blow their doors off twice in a row. Um, the last one was like almost by forty points. So, and Milwaukee did, did Harden Mo- play in that second game? No. Harden did no. not even play. They didn't yeah, even, and so. in the first game, he played for less than a minute. Right, he got so before he got hurt. Yeah, so that is you know the number one reason why you get three stars because if one star is hurt, then you got two other stars that and can that just you be got hurt. two. Yeah. yeah. So the the problem that the Sixers have is if their star goes out, they don't have somebody that can just right. pick up the slack. Where Brooklyn just does, and that's the advantage of having so many stars all at once. Um, so they are another team that I find very easy to root against um, because they are a team that just moved from New Jersey. Not yeah, too many years ago. New Jersey. Let's be, let's, let's start there. They abandoned they, New Jersey. So yep. we absolutely hate them. Um, yep. And, I mean, I guess I sort of abandoned New Jersey, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I, uh, I don't think that you, pre, you, you didn't pretend like uh, New Jersey doesn't exist. So yeah, no, uh, I still visit and still talk yeah. about the bagels all the time. And yeah, yeah. You know, the, yeah, there the, you go. So the, the prevalence they, of the Jersey shore, all the things. Yeah. 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 They, they do none of that. They don't talk about the Jersey shore at all. No, uh, no they do And they not. don't talk about the bagels. So, uh, they are the other team that I find easy to root against. Um, so they look pretty much like they're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals unless yeah. something goes crazy wrong. Another injury or two would probably <laughs> be needed for them to not do that. Um, yeah. So the game three is in a, in a couple more days. Um, no word on whether Harden will be back or not. I don't think it matters. He could probably just the wait. hamstring thing, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I would guess as long as they're managing that series – uh, he, he, you know, they're not going to let that get any worse. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they'll probably just hold him out. Um, and, and that's c- completely understandable. Um, but still, you know, their, their big three, so to speak, hasn't even really played together that much. Like all year. This year. So yeah. I, I think it's still kind of unknown what they're going to look like when they're all together. Um, so We'll see. You know, they're 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 an unknown at this point, but it, they are a dynamic team, and and uh, you know, I'll, I'll be rooting against them. So that's yeah. That's I, you know, I and I'll tell you what, I would, um, I'd watch that series, Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Yeah, I I think it's it, it's nice too in the NBA when you have two teams that are contrasting styles, where you know a lot of the teams kind of do the same thing, um, center pick and roll, throw it to the guy in the corner. Yeah. You know, where the Sixers have um, a non-conventional offense for uh, 2021. Uh, They play a lot through a big man and they have shooters running around off him. Um, But they also have in Ben Simmons, the most non-conventional player in the history of the NBA. He doesn't shoot. He doesn't uh, shoot free throws, but he's also the point guard. But he's also 6'11". So, you know, it's it's just one of those things that's... uh, infuriating and maddening about the team, but also makes them completely unique, which again, I like seeing uh, unique play styles in, yeah. in where we don't expect them. So that is it for the NBA. Um, I, I did have, I, I did try to sneak in a little uh, note in here about the NHL. Do you have yeah, any NHL go. thoughts? I, I've yeah. been watching, I've been watching a little of this. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, I, you know, 
I well, first off, I guess I do this because our our mutual friend Pat, yeah, um, is an Islanders fan. Um, I've been pulling for uh, pulling for the Islanders, um, and they're in a really fun series with the Bruins right now um, that the Islanders are up three to two on. Um, I just like, I, you know, this is the time where like, I just did it right now. So you're, you, you've, you've got uh, the 76ers on in the background. I had the Cardinals game on in the background and Carlos Martinez just gave up a three run bomb. It's five, nothing in the fourth inning. So oh, I, I like, I will at this time of year, like if I'm not attached to a baseball game, I'll, I'll watch playoff hockey. Um, it, I, I just think it's, it's fun. It's good. It's energetic. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know what else makes it feel different than the regular season. Um, because I, I wouldn't really do that in the regular season unless it was like a Bruins game that I wanted to be able to talk to my students about the next day right. or something. Um, but yeah, I, I'm drawn to the, I'm drawn to the playoff hockey a little bit and it's, it's just fun to have on and, and, uh, pay attention to. Yeah. And, and first of all, playoff hockey is just, just completely different, uh, it, the speed is faster. It just, everything seems a little bit like turned up to like 11, you know, it's a regular hockey game, but more, you know, especially when you get to overtime, especially when you get to game seven, it's turned up even, yeah. even more. So um, I agree with you. It's fun to watch. I will put it on if there is um, a chance um, to definitely watch it. So just recap where we are, the, the Montreal Canadiens who were the last team into the playoffs, um, the worst uh, team by points in the playoffs yes. has now uh, bested the what I'll call the Canadian uh, bracket of the playoffs. Well, right. So it is. It, I mean, correct me if I know I just said like I'm paying attention to it, but correct me if I'm wrong. That is intentional, like because of COVID, right? Right. So they they basically potted the yeah. the into four different or, or two different pots. So the Canadian teams all played each other and didn't basically leave Canada. Right. Um, so which now, made sense. now they're going to have to at, at, yes. at this point. Yes. Or so they will give. Something's going to give. They will play uh, the winner of Colorado and the Vegas Golden Knights. So is the border even open? You know Can what? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I would assume that. I would assume that they covered that um, already, uh, knowing that the Canadians would be able to travel or somebody would be able to travel to Canada or they have a neutral place. Um, you know, maybe there's a hockey rink like in, in an Island between Canada and the United States sure. where they could go play. That would yeah. be fun. Like a, like a, just roll an aircraft carrier out there and throw in some yeah, ice play, on it or something. Play on, um, play on the high seas. Yeah. There you go. Uh, um, in, in international waters, they could probably go to international yeah. waters. So, um, so, so they're going to the, play the winner, the Knights and the Avalanche, and that's yep. that's a good series uh, that's tied at two right now. Yep. Um, and mainly because I got into a Twitter um, through my teaching Twitter, I got into a Twitter back and forth with the whoever runs the Golden Knights profile. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So this is a couple you... of years ago. It's it's a oh, hilarious okay. story. Um, so they um. Oh man, I I I gotta pull this up. It's it's at least I think it's funny. Um, so this was a couple years ago um, when they were I think in their second or maybe third year. Yeah. Um, they had tweeted something about um, they had tweeted something about like manifest destiny, 
um and because they were an expansion team um okay. right they, they won they won their first yeah. year when they were an expansion team which has never never been done before okay so here's what it was so the the vegas golden knights tweeted um i guess when seattle got announced so this is back in 2018 between us and seattle there hasn't been this much significant westward expansion since the louisiana purchase and okay that's um, right i i just knowing you that's ripe for a comment well for me. yeah they just set so it up right on my, a team one of my students um replied um and like added my teaching twitter account and said fun fact friday and then the vegas golden knights replied to his tweet today is tuesday which is not friday (laughs) (laughs) saturday is also a day that is not friday and it was on saturday april 30th that the treaty for the louisiana purchase was signed so um then my student wrote, whoa, hitting me and my history teacher with straight facts, which I thought was interesting because <laughs> Louisiana Purchase didn't include um, where, Nevada. That right. was that was that came to the United States at the end of now. Now we're really deep diving into this. Yeah, let's go. Um, at let's the end go. of the Mexican War um, in the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. So okay. I replied to the Golden Knights and said, yes, it is a Tuesday. Trivia Tuesday, in fact. Uh, a more recent example of expansion the gold at Golden Knights could have tweeted about was what treaty signed on Wednesday, still not a Friday, February 2nd, 1848, and gave the United States the Mexican session. And they tweeted back, why do we feel like we just got served? And <laughs> some random woman wrote in reply to that, because you did. <laughs> so... So I root for the Golden Knights because I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> okay. And whoever that random woman is, it just absolutely just uh, put this put the smack down on, yeah, on everybody. Was, I just mean, ended it. Was, whoever yeah. runs their Twitter account was having fun with random people. And yeah, she got the nail in the coffin on that one. Yeah, so anyway, right. go, go Golden Knights. <laughs> yeah. All right. There you go. So you're rooting for Golden Knights out of the West, I'm guessing, yep. and uh, the Islanders out of the East, as I as I am, I'm rooting for the Islanders as well. So. Yeah, I'd like to see the Islanders. So they got a. Um, I I do anticipate that series will go seven. Um, with the Bruins, the Bruins just like outshoot them. Like, I think last night they outshot them like forty four to eighteen, but wow. the Islanders won five four. Um, and then I believe the Lightning just now. Um uh beat the uh beat the hurricane so the lightning are already in to the uh into the next round so we're just oh, waiting wow. on the islanders yeah. bruins to okay there you go canadians yeah. lightning already through waiting on the waiting on the golden knights avalanche and islanders bruins in the nhl this is a, this might be our first nhl segment i think uh, it is podcast. six yeah. months in six months in we are already uh, finally talking about the nhl um as they get to the Stanley Cup final. We will definitely talk about them more in upcoming weeks. Here. Yeah, it should be it should be fun. Um, like you said, playoff hockey's got a lot of good you know a lot of good speed and energy, and um, it'll be it'll be fun to see. All right, so that pretty much covers all of the news that we that we uh, needed to across basically every sport uh, under the sun. So under the sun, uh, and it has been a hot sun lately. Oh man, it's been brutal, oh, absolutely brutal. So um, been thankful for air conditioning uh, yeah pretty much uh yes to to not go anywhere outside incredibly high 
a dew point so sticky um yeah. the those uh so thick the air so thick the uh rpm rate on the pitches was falling because because the, there was so dense um yeah I hope I got that right based on our I, conversation. Well, we, we, we should cue it, cue it back up to our, our previous uh, podcast yeah. <laughs> episode about that when we, were, we, had, the, we had the weather yeah. uh, topic. So, All right. So we're going to get out of here on this. Yeah. Uh, Tim, what are you keeping your eye on this week? Um, I'm, I mean, keeping my on, eye on the, uh, the thermometer, um, hoping for the weather to break a little bit by the end of the week here. Um, but I am... Uh, keeping my eye on actually the, the end of the school year coming up next week. Okay. So, um, that's my, that's my goal. Get to that finish line right now. So how many more days do you have left? Uh, there are eight days of school left. All right. Counting it down inside, uh, inside into single digits. So that's yeah, excellent. Down to single digits, um, baby. so I'm going to go with that. I'm obviously keeping my eye on, on the Sixers, but I think, yeah. The most important thing here at my house and at your house is keep your eyes glued to the end of the school year. Oh, yeah. Keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, man. All right. All right. Chef. <laughs> K R Y yeah. Z. Yeah. Y Z. I knew there was like a weird YZ in there. I definitely wasn't going to do that. And I didn't end YZ, right? Yeah, KRZ. Okay, RZ, YZ, E, Z, W. Yeah, you you inserted it. So KRYZ. No, KRZ, YZ, EWSKI. Okay. Alright, EWSKI. That's what I thought it We should do a. many players that'll be that'll be an easy one yes uh you could probably do it you like, could do it in one degree one degree yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. any any group player played on any of the teams that they're yeah there you go you could connect them up yeah, yeah. that's easy.